Petricast. When I realized that with my words and with my mindset and with the simple shift of a phrase, I went from powerless to powerful, quite literally, uh, that was the moment for me when I knew that I'm not the only one with a hand in these moments. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful beings, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. I am your host here, Harrison, with a powerful guest, as always, to show you, to introduce you, to dive deep with. But before I get to her mystical soul, remember, this is the space and place where we pull back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love, where we really set the container for you to go inwards to your inner expression so you can shine your love outwards into the cosmos, through the earth, through your communities, and through your collectives. If you are tuning in today and you are new to my voice, new to this show, welcome. It's nice to feel your energy. Remember that when we go deeply into this chat today with all of the, the things we're going to talk to talk about and dive into, one way you can help this show expand and reach beautiful new hearts and voices and, and ears that need it is by sharing this out to friends and family members. Remember, if you gain some gems from this chat today with all the things we're going to discuss, you can also leave your feedback in reviews on Apple and Spotify. And now you can join also the, the Cosmic Love Antenna Facebook group. If you go to the show notes, you can join the building tribe over there. But with that, I want to introduce the beautiful Brie who I have on the show here today. Brie is a motivational speaker. She's a certified counselor. She is a powerful, mystical soul that's doing a lot of loving work here in this world. And today we're going to talk about some interesting elements along the sort of spiritual awakening journey, finding your soul path. I want to hit on topics such as conscious development, pivoting problems into possibilities, internal guiding soul paths, stepping into the unknown, moving beyond self-development plateaus, and so much more. Brie, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you so much for having me, Harrison. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation and discussion and uh, being able to bring some value to your listeners as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, my friend. And we were having a chat just before I started recording about how, you know, you have your beautiful podcast and we're obviously here on mine and it's, it's such a privilege to be able to chat to people like you and within this medium at this time in our human history about topics that really matter most. And you were telling me about your day and I've just woken up here in Australia and we're just sort of in it, we're going into it. So it's, I don't know, I don't know if you, do you, do you hold that same amount of gratitude, my friend? Absolutely. Uh, to be able to share in a space like this with conversation that I know is going to be powerful, meaningful, impactful. It is what fills my cup. It is what brings me so much of the power in what I'm doing and sort of the ability is to be able to conversate with incredible people on topics that are really important to speak on. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of you know, I think of, um, people can't see this, but I'm using it, my fingers. I think of normal conversations and, uh, and the sort of surface level conversation. I, I think podcasting has wrecked me. I can't have, I can't have those normal surface level conversations anymore. It's always going straight into the, the juiciness in the heart. Um, Brie, speaking of the heart, how I like to sort of start, start these shows, you know, I've, We've had a couple of chats now and I've got to experience you and we're going to go deeper here today. But for people new to your voice, I like beginning with a short sort of summary of your history. And I think a good way to summarize it is through your pain teaching. I know you in particular have a, have a story that really awakened you to a lot of the work we're going to be talking about here today. So I would love to hear about this pain teacher story here quickly, and then we can tap into your beautiful work that you're doing here now in the present. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I, I really appreciate being able to share. I love how you call it a pain teacher, you know, that, that story of pain that really brought me to my purpose that really brought me here today. And because so much of what I'm doing, really everything that I'm doing launched from those moments. So for me, when, uh, in March, early March of 2020, actually, uh, the same day I was going into my first day of remote work, really the same day that the world was seemingly shutting down. So too was my body. And I was 28 at the time. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that something was happening. I had this strange sensation that started to take over starting in my feet and grew up through my body. And from there, there is a very long story to it, but the long story short is that I was paralyzed for several weeks uh, out of nowhere. At that time, I would have considered myself a bill of health. Mm -hmm. I thought that I was in peak performance, both physically and mentally. But regardless of our, our state that, you know, regardless of what we do to make sure that we are healthy, there's still circumstances outside of us for whatever reasons that might sort of come and clash into that, uh, that prime place that we're in. And then we have to move forward with that. So let me, let me jump in here, Bree. So thank you for sharing. And I've read a little bit about your story, but hearing it, it's so much more brings us back to it. I, I don't know about you, but whenever people use their words and I'm noticing this on the podcast more and more, it really, I see the image in my head and I'm wondering, you know, I'm imagining, I'm putting myself in that experience when you, when you go through that. And uh, I speak a lot about, and we're going to talk about it here today, this idea of having an awakening moment, a spiritual awakening that pulls us into uh, a more in-depth direction in life that we're meant to be on. At that point in time, until you got to that pivoting element, were you a spiritual person? Did you connect to a higher power? Were you religious? Well, I'm wondering, what was your relationship to something more than yourself at that point in time? I think this is such a great question and definitely provides some context. So prior to this, I would say that I had a a sticky relationship with uh, religion, but I had, I was on a path of trying to discover my spirituality, knowing and understanding uh, the power of transcendence and understanding that I am connected both internally to myself and externally to something larger than me, but I hadn't necessarily figured it out or uh, unstuck it at that point. And it was, it was definitely evolving, but not evolved. Yeah. So that was my feeling. And Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. And I, I say this, not as someone looking outside of you as, you know, this, this is the way it should be. I say this as someone who has also who has also gone through this to say this is someone as as people listening to this episode I'm sure can relate to a degree, and this is why the pain teacher is called the pain teacher. It's from one of my mentors, Mr. Paul Check, and he defines it as you know, the pain teacher comes in when all other things haven't haven't we haven't heard it right. The pain teacher comes in when we're at the point where okay we need to get the message we need to get the message that something needs to be seen something needs to be felt something needs to be acknowledged something needs to be released and it's interesting that you say sticky in relation to religion and i think you're putting it very nicely there for me and for a lot of my audience speaking sticky is not the word i think people would use sticky is saying it very politely a lot of us and religion is just one example a lot of us are living in a world we are, where we are disconnected and it takes moments like these to help us. And I think that's what I want to get your perspective on. Did this really switch your perspective of maybe being a victim, maybe being in a universe where things happen to you to switching it to a, being in a universe where there is really a higher power happening for you? I, this question, I have to just 
respond to it with a story that is really important to everything that I'm doing. And it was the moment that I took control of the situation, uh, possibly or probably most, uh, mostly because there are outside powers, but I realized it within me. And that was the moment when I stopped asking why me, and I started saying, because me. And that moment helped me really realize that we have this ability to harness our power. And this power that I speak of, I know it's not just my own. I know I am connected in this power to everyone around me, as well as a much larger one. And so when I realized that with my words and with my mindset and with the simple shift of a phrase, I went from powerless to powerful, quite literally, uh, that was the moment for me when I knew that I'm not the only one with mm -hmm. a hand in these moments. Oh, I just want to leave. I just want to leave the chat there. That was a, I found my little clip for the start, my friend. That was beautiful. And I think that's an extra layer that I've never considered before framing it that way. It, it, it's sort of like a progression you know, happening to me, you know, happening for me and then happening because of me, right? That is, you know, when you say those words and when, and when I say them now and I have them move through me, there is power there. There is a lot of us. And this is probably a whole other conversation, but a lot of us are really in this scarcity, unworthy mindset, right? We just feel, and many systems in the world and things going on that we could talk about that create that kind of being, but a lot of us feel unworthy. A lot of us feel like we have to be something or shift into something or change or be more or, you know, add on this mask, add on this persona. But as I'm sure in the work that you've done with people, we start to realize that not only is that not true, it's more of a removing game than a adding game, right? We remove the restrictions, the layers that are stopping our light from coming through. And once that occurs, we realize, oh, this whole time I've been enough. This whole time, not only have I been enough, but I've had the answers that I've been seeking externally. Oh, so much power in what you're saying. That is absolutely unequivocally true the fact that we it, it's it's almost as if it's the core of our being it with with nothing else attached to it at our core we are enough we have enough we will continue to be enough but i mean you were spot on in saying that it's it's difficult especially in the world that we're living in with so many other circumstances that push against us or push back on us that say, or seem to say otherwise. Yeah. And there, you know, I could definitely talk for a while about this topic, but. Well, let's, Bray, let's, let's get into the nitty gritty of this because I think you, cause you do have actionable steps here. So let's, Let's pivot this because I want to hear, I think people have, <laughs> you've probably got an understanding of why this, why Brie is such a beautiful being and the work she does in the world and why I wanted to have a chat with her and you're understanding that this awakening experience that we go on and then this realignment back into our soul's mission, our soul path, it can come through pain. But then once we move through it, we have options, we have choices, we have a lot of ease and worthiness to tap back into. So let's let's come back down a little bit. We'll probably go back into the mystical in a second, but let's maybe start with what is what is conscious development? What is what is conscious? I think you call it what was it? Conscious um, conscious processes, conscious development, and conscious processes. Maybe explain what this is, and we'll go from there. Absolutely, and you know, for me, I I 
explain a lot of my concepts through this one story, this one experience. And I will do the same with conscious development. I learned how to walk again. I actually took my first steps again on my 29th birthday, which is also a testament to that outside power, something, something else really aligning there, but took my first steps again on my 29th birthday. But from there, I had to go through a really intense process of relearning how to walk again. And what I realized was that walking was something that I have done for 28 of my 29 years on this earth. And I never, ever gave it a second thought until I had to learn it again. And conscious development really stems from this idea that there are so many processes and spaces and places in our lives that we are moving through. For me, it was literally and metaphorically without actually being conscious to what the processes are. Now, this can be physical. This can be a physical process that we have automated. And as human beings, automating our processes can be really helpful. And it's definitely a necessary part of being a human, especially in today's world where there's so much happening, so much stimulation, so much pressure, so much a movement of one singular person, automating processes can be really helpful. The, The problem is that if we have automated our processes our whole lives and never sort of held the spotlight on them, then we never actually get to understand what else could be there within that process? Exactly. And let me let me jump in here super quick, Bree, because what's I think what's coming up, just to give an example of this, and I I, I feel that you're there's some more coming from what you're gonna add in, but just to add this, the breath is 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 an example that flows into my mind, right? The breath is is both of these things, right? It's the autonomic breath that's running in the background. Or as many people have experienced, you can sort of tap into a more holotropic style of breath where you start increasing your energy and and your your temperature and your momentum, or you can tap into a more parasympathetic style of breath where it's more relaxed and, and, uh, and, and easeful. But where it can be powerful is that if you are living a life like Bree's beautifully highlighting, where you're in a hyper fight or flight state and that breath autonomically is going on in the background that's very shallow, then that's going to be shifting you into reality that's not favorable. But when you start bringing conscious awareness, you can bring it back to a more parasympathetic state to add more grace and ease. Does that, is that sort of what you're getting at? Did I hit on a good example there, my friend? 100%. The breath work is a great, and the breath is a perfect example and an example that I'm sure you have done work in with your listeners and community uh, extensively in the fact that just tuning into it also helps us tune in to every other part of us. Every other piece of ourselves comes to life. Consciousness really illuminates our center. It illuminates our focus. It illuminates where our energy is flowing, where our attention is flowing, where we are putting emphasis in our lives and where we're forgetting. And to be able to consciously tap in to places in our lives when it's most needed is really where we're going to be able to reveal the things that we need to find in those moments. So I love getting such a beautiful picture of the work that you do in this world, my friend. And I think the thing that comes up and I know you can speak to this. So maybe I'll give this example and allow you to reflect on it, to give more value here. I think self-worth and uh, self-confidence within this 
spiritual awakening within this soul path alignment. I know it just comes up for me a lot, right? It came up for me yesterday. I was I was moving through some things, talking uh, on social media, doing all my work, and there was a part in my day where there was a lot of insecurities that came up and a lot of triggers and emotion and and self-worth and self-confidence was a part of it. And I have my own practices, but I think the one I would love for you to hit on here is the power of creating a sacred container for either yourself, which is what I did, but also realizing that that container can be created by someone else to reflect back to you some of those Con- those unconscious elements that are moving through you so you can bring them into conscious awareness to make a change. So what are, what are your thoughts on this and the power of the, of the container? I love this idea of, yes. of the container. I think that that is uh, so incredible and can be really expansive for, for people to understand some pretty difficult abstract co- uh, concepts And what's coming to mind for me is really the definition of confidence and how confidence actually defined means a trust in oneself. And to think about confidence in that way, you open up this idea of the fact that this is something that takes place within you not on the outside of you, but as you said, other people can sort of build this container for us or, or pour into the wrong container maybe would be how to describe that. But uh, when we base who we are on external factors, we never actually get to become who we are at all. Because we are then, it's almost as if we are then filling their containers. I don't know if I, if, if that is necessarily the expansion of that, of that example, but we are not pouring into ourselves when we're defining ourselves based on others' ideas of us or others' concepts that they have built uh, Again, confidence is a trust in oneself, which means that confidence is stemming from competence, our ability to to strongly be. And that is a skill that we can build and practice and learn. And the relationship between confidence and self-worth that I use is uh, think of and physical examples are typically the easiest for me to use to help my listeners understand. When I think of confidence, I think of it as a skill that we can work on daily in the same way that we can go to the gym and, uh, you know, lift weights or build a muscle. Exactly. And then self-worth is actually what we're building towards, whether it be a more athletic structure or a more endurant individual, whatever that structure that we're building towards, that's self-worth. It's almost like the umbrella overconfidence where you, you can't, well, I haven't yet seen an example of self-worth being, you know, a full sense of self-worth without confidence. Confidence. Yeah. And I, so a couple of things here, just so people are sticking with us, but, and maybe you can share what your reflections on this are, but the, the confidence and the worth, they're not. So when we say building a muscle, I would say it's not, I think when we view muscle building and using that physical example, it's, you know, growing outwards. But again, within this sort of inner conversation, this confidence and this worth is more of a inwards. So it's more of an inside. And so with that understanding, it's okay, if I'm going inside, what am I moving through to get back to that truth? And it's those layers, a big part of this podcast is illuminating, pulling back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love. And when we talk about this self-confidence and this self-worth, 
those layers, we have to ask what those layers are, right? What, are, what is the layer that's restricting me from my self-worth, right? And I'll maybe give this example and get your thoughts on this, my friend. Most of those layers <laughs> are belief systems or limiting thoughts that most of the time have come from outside of us, like you said before, right? From our friends, from our family, from our religion, from our culture, from the media. So it's sort of, it's sort of realizing one, that those layers are there, two, that those layers don't define us, and three, sort of surrendering through them back to the truth. Mm. Oh, so, so incredibly well stated. I love that you really brought it back to the central focus and pulling back the layers, just as you had said in the beginning of our conversation about, you know, really revealing that truth in ourselves and going inward. And that is exactly what we're doing. And when you speak on sort of this pushing through the tough stuff, to come to pull back the layers, uh, belief systems is something that I do do a lot of work with, and I might be able to provide an example that just piggybacks off of what you're saying to illuminate this picture. A belief system is essentially something that it, it started, the seed of it was either actions or thoughts that were internalized, probably when we were very young or young enough where our brain and every other part of us was still developing. We were still very impressionable, which is what a kid should be. You try to take all of your information in and then you do with it what you can. But Belief systems are these thoughts or actions that are continually offered to us at those young, impressionable moments that we are told over and over or think over and over or told so many times that we begin to think it. And once you think it enough, it essentially solidifies inside of you. It A belief is basically the, the strongest possible thought that we can have in our lives. And what's pretty incredible about beliefs is that they, they can go both ways, but we don't necessarily have the tools to distinguish the ones that are incredibly helpful and beneficial for us and the ones that are really hurtful and detrimental to us. And that is where these limiting beliefs will come in when we are told so many times or experience something again, so many times over and over and over that we don't even, we can't see the other side of it because we never have. We've never had the ability to think or experience the other side of it. So this side must be true. And with limiting beliefs, that can be so scary and so harrowing and so debilitating. Yes. Yes. So one of those layers that, that, or maybe all of the layers, depending on where we are with our conscious processes in our belief systems are pulling back those ideas that have been so deeply and tightly ingrained into our brains and into our patterns of, of thinking for so long. So that breakdown was beautiful, my friend, and I want to add an image to it. So you you beautifully gave a detailed sort of flow there, and I want to add an image and then get a get your thoughts on a practice. And I think my listeners probably know where I'm going to go with this already. But an image that I would use for that those thoughts and those and a, the belief, which is a thought that we keep having, and the limiting beliefs that restrict us, is you know picture a picture a snowy mountain. And I'm sure maybe, maybe you've heard this image before my friend picture a snowy mountain. And each time we, we build a thought or a neural pathway that those are, those are, those are the paths down the mountain. And when we go down one, a particular amount of times, which might be a limiting one, ideally we want it to be expansive, but most of the time it's limiting that 
path now becomes in the snow pretty deep and to the point where we can't walk down the entire mountain without falling down that same path as the default. When we're in that deep path, like you beautifully highlighted, it can feel like it's my entire world, right? I can only see the edges because I've been down it so many times. And another analogy on top of it, it's you know, the frog, the frog in the well knows nothing of the ocean, right? You're in that deep path. You're in that deep thought pattern. And you can't see the rest of your beautiful potential. And this is where, and this is what I want to get your thoughts on. This is where someone outside of you can be a very important part of your journey, right? You can definitely, you have all of the power inside of you to get up out of that deep trench, but I want people listening to realize you don't have to, right? You can have someone looking down at you in that hole to be the ladder up to the rest of the snow to see your potential. And this is what I want to get your perspective on my friend. One of the best ways to address these childhood beliefs that then express ourselves in our adulthood is in a child's work, right? And I've talked about it a lot on this podcast and I, I didn't really ask you about this, but I'm interested, you know, what, what are your thoughts on in a child work within this limiting belief healing? And do you feel it can be effective to help people? Oh, great, great question. And the snowy mountain example is one of my absolute favorites. I actually love the way you said you kind of fall into it where, because it becomes the snow becomes so packed down such a great way to illuminate that example. Uh, it makes so much sense and it, it can feel, uh, like this is our only path or like we are stuck in the well and the inner child work. I think that this, this is actually something that um, I personally would like to do uh, more of my own research on, but I know that the surrounding ideas of doing inner child work can be incredibly, incredibly eye-opening and beneficial for, for those who are uh, looking to sort of break free of what is taking place in their lives right now. And it really, thank you for that reflection, my friend. It really, you know, it supports, right? And I, we won't go into it because I've done shows on it. If you're listening and interested, go back and listen to some of the episodes I've done on inner child work specifically. But it can be really that that helping hand or that ladder out of that system that seems so restricting internally. I want to shift now, Bree, to another area that I know you can speak about and I think it's, this is really relevant in my life at the moment. I'm sure you've moved through this in your own experience and that's why you teach about it. And it's this idea of reaching a plateau in our, in this development, right? Because that is this awakening experience and adjusting to our soul path. It's not a, <laughs> as much as people have heard this, it's not a linear journey, right? It's a, it's a journey of ups and downs and it's a roller coaster. And we all reach these points where, okay, am I just back at the start now? Am I just, is all the work I've done with Bree or Harrison or whoever, is it just pointless because it feels like I'm now back at the same part I started? What comes up? How do you help people when they reach this plateau? Well, my first question is describe the plateau because every step is a step in the forward direction. And again, like you said, we can go up and down and all around, and we could actually be on one of those roller coaster loops where it feels like we're going backwards. But the, the difference is that was step 1001, where the step before that was step 1000 and the step before that was 999. So even though it can feel like we're going backwards or it can feel like there is no progression, it is, I mean, we're counting incremental steps and moments. So just because it might feel like, uh, Prog progress isn't taking place doesn't mean that it's not, yeah. uh, you know, I, I can imagine that this might feel, uh, 
itchy for yeah. some people. <laughs> this might feel uh, a little bit frustrating because uh, that that is probably not the answer that a lot of people want to hear when it comes to a plateau. They want the solution to the plateau, but the solution is take the next step. This is a, this is a moment to moment to moment journey that we're on. And every moment we get the ability to, or we have the opportunity, not even the ability, the opportunity to close the gap between who we're currently being and who we're striving to be. Every moment we're presented with that opportunity and breaking breaking it down in time as incremental as moments can feel a little bit uh, jarring for some people, but for others, it can feel like the exact size step that they need to move forward. Either way, if you're measuring in incremental moment to moment steps, or if you're measuring in sort of larger scale, uh, Leaps, thank you. <laughs> you are still moving in an onward direction. Uh, that direction is towards your most actualized self or the best version of you or whatever, you know, your most pure, whole, uh, confident, worthy self, whatever it is that you're stepping towards you're stepping there. It's that consistency. It's that persistence. Uh, a, a plateau is just, just a moment for you to rest in these yeah. moments because the waves of life are going to follow it again soon. Yeah. I love it so much in there. And it's so profound. It, you know, a couple of things that come up is, and I want to test a hypothesis by you, my friend, but before I get to that, you know, that plateau, I think much of it is an illusion because a lot of us feel that if we're not moving, if we're not taking those big leaps or doing and working all the time, we aren't progressing forward, right? I myself fall into this all the time, right? We, we see non-doing or resting or being or allowing or surrendering that is not action taking that is not progressing that is not moving towards the beautiful worthiness the goal the dream the passion that we deserve and it could not be further from the truth and i say that to everyone listening as much as i say it to myself and this is the hypothesis that i want to test by you my friend and it's, it goes on to what you're saying about how we are moving forward whether we feel it feel that we are or not and if we take all the layers away what are we at the end of the day, right? In my opinion, we are energy, right? And we know that from a quantum perspective that energy is neither being destroyed or created. It is either moving or transforming into something else. So if we understand that, then that in itself can show that a plateau or a taking a step backwards is kind of an illusion, kind of just resistance and tension that we're sort of adding onto ourselves. But the the thing that I think people get lost in, and this is what I want to see what comes up with you around, is in those steps forward, they're made of choices, right? They're made of choices that we can make. And as we have all experienced, we can either make a choice of expansion, right? We can choose to be open to the larger reality that is the universe around us, or we can make a choice of compression, of going restricting feeling small feeling belittled feeling less than feeling you know like i'm not enough so do you think my friend that that feeling of moving backwards is is what it really is is actually a moving forward but making a choice that is compressed rather than expansive Yes, I think that that is such an incredible way to sort of describe what might be happening. And what's coming up for me is uh, this, this friction with ourselves, this 
internal conflict of if we're if we're bringing it back to our internal belief systems if if it's a limiting belief there's going to be friction when we push up against it even if we are trying to expand we might have created something that's so strongly woven within us that it's going to take a lot of friction to undo. So that sort of internal uh, battle, it, it could, it could be that we are trying to expand, but unable because there is a piece of us that's still pulling us back. But I, I do believe that, um, I, I believe that if we are taking the steps to move forward, it not that it doesn't matter, but it could be obsolete if then when we take the step, we expand or contract because we took the step. And I, I think that there's something to be said. It's the same if we bring it to a real physical example, a uh, real world example, uh, if we're experiencing something that has really taken a toll on us in life, we're going to have that internal friction and it could last for days, weeks, months, or years. But when we get up out of bed every day, even though we're battling that friction, we still got up out of bed. And that is, I, I believe that we, we don't offer ourselves the credit enough for the moments of just getting out of bed, just pushing yourself that 1% further, even if you land five steps back, so to speak, you, you took the step and you're still here taking the steps. And I guess you know, I don't know if I, I did, stayed no. on track or veered off, but that is where my head goes with that example. No, it's beautiful. And again, I think it goes back to what you were saying before. We get lost in having to do all the things at once, when in reality, <laughs> the only thing we need to do is the thing that's right in front of us. And if that thing right in front of us is that step out of bed, like you're beautifully highlighting, or if it is even you know, being with the sickness, right? Allowing yourself to, you know, this is an action in itself. And this is probably where I want to go next here with, with you, my friend. Detaching, and this can just, you don't even have to actually physically move, detaching from the thing to observe it, to observe it with love, right? So a lot of us have triggers and, and again, the belief systems that we we're talking about before that are ongoing inside of us. And often the first step that we can take is bringing awareness to those things, right? Realizing that those things are valuable. They need to be seen. They need to be felt. They need to be expressed. But we also don't need to attach to them, to be identified by them, right? Our, our thoughts and our emotions are communications that move through us and have vital messages that need to be understood. But we have to understand that they are not us, right? There is a force within us, behind us, deeper inside of us that we can connect to that can be the observer of those things so we don't become identified by them and sustain the suffering. So this is sort of what I want to throw to you now, my friend, and this connects to, I know, something you speak about, listening to our guidance, right, learning to go inwards to follow our internal compass. So what comes up around this? What, what advice would you give? What guidance would you add? Yeah. So what's really coming up for me right now is the emotional aspect to it. Oftentimes our attachment comes from our emotion around a circumstance or situation or experience. And so being able to detach and observe a situation is a skill that we might need to practice. And I'm going to try to make that skill as simple as I possibly can. We need to feel in order 
to heal. And that right there. It's, it's almost, sorry to interrupt you, Ray, but it's almost like it, it's so basic, but it's, we need to hear it a thousand times because I, I just hear it myself. I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, it is. That is, that's the answer. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> it feels, it feels too simple. And the, the reason why I bring that up and that is literally the skill we have to feel to heal is because so often, again, based on life circumstances, based on everything that can happen around us in our lives, uh, we're complex human beings. And I love this space because we talk about being the most, uh, the most central part of being a human, you know, we kind of bring it back to, to the base level being human. And I love that. But in this outside world, we have all of these things taking place and happening. And so often people feel like their emotions are the burden in everything that their emotions are what are holding them back. And if I can bring anything to all listeners and all people that I interact with, it's that that is so opposite of how we actually need to approach emotions in our feelings because detachment is something that we can use that's helpful or hurtful. So the detachment that you're explaining, being able to detach from and observe outwardly is, that's an advanced skill. That is something that comes with learning how to feel and heal. But often we have the detachment part but then we keep it moving. And that is really, really detrimental because we'll compound our emotions. Emotions don't go away, but if we don't feel through them, if we don't allow them their full experience to move through us and then pass out of us, we hold them inside and they start to layer and layer and layer. So this really scary pattern that can happen for people is detach, but rather than turning inward, they keep moving outwards. Yes. And then just keep pushing them down and there's no healing there. There will never be healing there. And that is what is so scary. We need to re-immerse those feelings and we need to heal from them. So I'm going to, that was beautiful, my friend. I'm going to add another side to this, another nuance to this. And it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying. So I could not agree with you more. And that suppression, that ignoring, that, that numbing and just keep going, keep continuing to pretend that they're not there. That is, that is a problem and we need to feel it to heal it. The other side to this though, and I want to get your perspective on this is, and I've, I've, I see this in myself and I see that people have said this to me all the time. Okay, Harrison, I get it. I, I am feeling it to heal it, but I'm noticing that I'm staying in the emotion for days, right? Or now I'm becoming identified with the emotion. And this is the other side of the coin that I would also throw in here for people to be mindful of. You said this yourself, right? You said that we need to feel it and allow it to pass through us. And then there is a, there is a other side, but what a lot of us are doing and my, myself included, we start to become again, identified by the emotion and we can add stories on top of the emotion, i.e. the victim, right? If I'm sad all the time, if I'm angry all the time, then I'm going to get this attention. I'm going to get this outcome. So what we do is we don't allow, and and my opinion where this comes from is being objective with the emotion. What we start to do is we add these eight layers on top and we are either feeling it because we have an agenda, we feel it because we want an outcome, and we're not actually feeling it from a space of unconditional love and just 
feeling it for the sake of feeling it. We have a story that we're now adding onto it. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this, my friend, and how we move through this side of it, how we stop the identification of the emotion and actually allow the full process of moving through it and coming up and out of it. This is a beautiful question. And I'm so happy you brought this in because it is the other side of what I was saying. Sometimes we can feel too much. Sometimes we we can get so attached and, and become that feeling or that emotion. And there's a lot of ways that I could respond and sort of the, the, the pieces that I could bring in that could be helpful for this. But one thing I really do want to highlight is this consciousness piece that we spoke on is really beneficial in moments like this, when we realize that we are no longer just experiencing the emotion, but we are embodying the emotion. The consciousness piece is starting with our self-dialogue. Why? Why might I be holding myself securely in this feeling? What am I attaching to this that feels comfortable or safe that I don't want to leave it? We have to understand that, and this is a skill. It's one of those emotions and feelings are, they are tools for our life, but we have to learn how to use tools in the same way we would learn how, how to use actual tools. If we're building a house, you know, you have to know how to hold the saw and what it's for and what angle it goes at. That's emotions. Uh, We need to learn how to use them in order to be able to process them properly. And that use, that consciousness piece is such a huge part of understanding how they work within us and using them in a way that is going to be powerful and beneficial to us. It's a matter of starting that dialogue and asking the questions that are going to help you move through, that are going to help you uh, sort of undo the safety belt that's holding you to them and continue to move through them. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We could, uh, we could do a whole other episode just on this alone. My friend, I could feel, I can feel it. And <laughs> we won't cause I have to run here in a second. I, I want to be mindful of your time too, but just I'll add another tip to this on top of what you're beautifully highlighting something that I do. And it connects to that conscious awareness that you just dived into it's, it's seeing that we have a group, much like we have an external uh, collective of people in our lives, like our mom, our dad, our partner, our friend, our, you know, whoever it is, that is your external group consciousness, right? We also have an internal group consciousness, right? We have that inner child. We have that angry, traumatized element. We have that higher self. We have, and it's realizing that you are all of these things and none of these things simultaneously, right? And it's seeing all of their worth, but realizing that you can come back and forth between all of them and have be the observer of all of it, right? You can go into one and body it like you beautifully highlighted and then make the choice to detach and allow that to express itself and move and flow and heal. So, yeah, it's, I was just reiterating what you said, but I, I just it, just to help people visualize this, right? All these beautiful things are going on inside of us. Brie, I really enjoyed this conversation. And much like we said at the start of this chat, uh, so much, it reminds me when I have these conversations, you know, why I do this work. And I can feel the love coming off you and the passion that you evolve and evoke. If people have listened to your voice, and they are connected to your heart and the work that you do, and they want to find out more, what what are you doing in this world? I know you are a speaker, you're a coach. How, what do you have to offer and how can people get in touch? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I feel just as amazing as I did entering this conversation as I do leaving. I appreciate you opening up the space and opening up your heart to have me on this. 
uh, if anyone is interested in reaching out right now, I am actively doing uh, speaking engagements that are very much in the space of mental wealth and personal development. So that is primarily what I'm working on, but I also do have coaching positions available. Uh, I'm working on another counseling license as well, which I will have in uh, May, 2023 for additional counseling and therapeutic resources that I'll be able to offer. But if anyone is looking to reach out, see a little bit more about myself, what I'm doing, check out all of the cool things that might be happening in that space or talk to me directly. My website is brieundeniably.com. That's B-R-I-U-N-D-E-N-I-A-B-L-Y.com. And all of my social profiles are also Brie underscore undeniably. So you can find me in a lot of different spaces around the interweb <laughs> to I love, connect. I love that uh, website name, that URL name. It's it. Uh, <laughs> you're saying that word. Uh, it it beautifully highlights you as the being that you are, my friend. I I only just got to know you, but from everything we've expressed today, you know that light that expresses from your heart is so undeniable, and we can't help but fall into it. So. Uh, beautiful listeners, if you want to connect with Brie, all of all the links, all of the details you just highlighted will be in the show notes as well. So you can click her beautiful URL website page and connect to her that way. Brie, I end these shows with one final question. And while the intent of this of this show at large is to pull back those layers, like we talked about, restricting health alignment and love the space that we connect back into the space we've talked about today that has that conscious awareness that is the observer that helps us through the beliefs, the neural pathways, the inner child is in my opinion, a deep space of love, right? It is love in all of its majesty. I'm wondering my friend, how you personally define that love word yourself. Oh, wow. My goodness. Uh, wow. I've sprung that on you. That's okay. I love this question. Man, love is wow. I think that amongst so many pieces that love can be, love is a reflection of exactly who we are and who we want to be. And I think that we can reflect that within ourselves and outside of ourselves. So I think that love uh, outside of it being a connection and a, a you know, a, a point of just inextricable humanness, it is a reflection of self and it can be a reflection of others. And I think that if we can reflect to each other, that's when the magic happens. Oh, I love it. It's so, it's so fun. My friend, I, I ask that question to everyone. Each person has such a beautiful, profound and unique response to that, that, that question, right? There are so many layers to it, but um, I thought that was wonderful. My friend, I love you very much. Thank you for spending time with me today beautiful listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got some value, some insights, some deep dives. Remember if you did share this episode with someone that you love very much that can help them along their awakening and their soul path. But until next time here on the show, we'll, we'll see you very soon. We wish you a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And we'll talk soon. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement. 
where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.